Podbean. We're back with another 2021 election edition episode. This time we are turning our attention to Normal. Normal has a lot of candidates on the ballot for council, and that is a, a town-wide election, and so everyone gets to vote for their top three candidates. And today we are going to be talking to our first one, Brad McMillan. Before we talk to Brad, I want to tell you a little bit about Little Beaver Brewery, of course. So, Little Beaver is an awesome story to me because it is started here in Bloomington Normal. Chad Beaver, the creator, uh, started brewing beer as a hobby out of his garage while he was uh, employed otherwise. And he found some success, won a competition, won enough money to expand his operation, and just has continued to expand over time. Now they got a full facility that's employing people locally in the community. They're investing in the community. And if you go to littlebeaverbrewery.com, you can click on a button that um, go to our beer and then go to location serving Low Beaver Brewery. They're going all over Illinois and that is money that is coming into our community from out there. And it's just a real engine of economic growth and what small business should be doing here locally. So a perfect sponsor for PodBN who is mission is talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. And now on to Brad McMillan running for Normal Town Council. Three, two, one. Welcome to Pod BN. We are joined today by Town of Normal City Council candidate Brad McMillan. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. We like to start off by just uh, letting you introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit of your background and, uh, you know, why, why you live in Normal and, and give us a little bit of history on you. Sure. So I graduated from Illinois Wesleyan uh, University, so I am a Titan and uh, proudly so. Uh, and I moved to Normal uh, three years ago. Uh, to be with my new spouse, uh, who is a normal Unit 5 uh, elementary teacher and an adjunct professor at Illinois State University. Uh, we live on Normal Avenue, in uh, right in the heart of the uh, community, a couple walking blocks from Illinois State University in Uptown. Uh, and uh, we love the community. Uh, it's a special place. Very good. Very good. And just for our listeners, um, I always like to point out with normal because we've uh, done some interviews with some uh, city council candidates in Bloomington. Bloomington is divided up in wards where all of normal uh, city council is at large. So you're running to represent the entire town of normal, right? That's right. So this is an at large nonpartisan race uh, in the entire town of normal. Uh, there are 30 precincts, uh, so it's a, it's a pretty big area to cover. Yeah, I, I always uh, I've helped out with some Bloomington City Council campaigns in my in my past, and I always um, am glad I'm not helping a normal town because when it comes to signature collecting, you guys have a lot more to grab. <laughs> well, and, and particularly in 2020, when uh, you had a pandemic going on, yeah. uh, to try to gather signatures, my team. We had Brad McMillan Normal Town Council masks made up, and we would go door to door. But we we bought enough individual individualized Brad McMillan campaign pens 
so that anybody who signed my petition uh, got to keep their own pen for safety reasons. So yeah, uh, getting uh, petition signatures during a pandemic uh, was quite an adventure. Yeah, and they're very smart to let them keep the pen too, um, just like for safety, obviously too. But yeah, um, well, here's the here's the big question. I guess we'll give you some time to answer. Here is why did you decide to do this? Why run for a town council? Um, obviously, as you just alluded to, running a campaign is difficult. Running a campaign during a pandemic is extremely difficult. And then you're giving yourself another job for the next four years. So what what motivated you to make that decision? Well. My life uh, has been spent uh, in the public service, community service arena, uh, and uh, I'm the father of four amazing children that for 17 years of my life, I traveled all over Timbuktu at their sporting events. And uh, that season of my life is over. So I now have time to serve the community and I think my background and experiences uh, would be a good new addition uh, to the normal town council. I also really want to see uh, normal stay moving forward in a positive way. I think once this pandemic is over, uh, we have the opportunity for a real growth spurt and uh, we can see some really great things happen in normal's future. Hey, Brad, this is Jeremy. Um, just wanted to jump in and, and say, as you kind of look across the uh, uh, the next four years, um, if you were to walk in day one and be able to set the agenda and say, these are the issues we're going to focus on, or this is the issue that we should focus on, what do you think is kind of that priority issue day one that um, if you were in charge, we, we would start talking about and working to fix? Yeah, you know, I've laid out 10 positive priorities that uh, I have for Normal's future on my Facebook page, Brad for Normal. Uh, and so I'm not going to limit myself uh, to one. I think when you're elected to one of these positions, it's a balancing of priorities. And uh, I do think you hear a lot of people talking about the need to pay more attention to our infrastructure. Um, Normal Avenue, where I live, is uh, full of potholes, and there's a lot of the sidewalks that are in horrible deteriorated shape. Uh, so one of my priorities is that we would invest more uh, in infrastructure uh, in our older neighborhoods. But I also know that in order for normal to grow uh, and prosper, you have to have policies that allow businesses uh, to expand and thrive and to attract new businesses uh, to the community. I look at what's happening with Rivian right now, and it's very exciting. They're hiring uh, a lot of local uh, skilled workers uh, for that plant. They've already sold out of their electric pickup truck um, orders for this year. They uh, announced that they brought in over $2 billion of new investment uh, into uh, Rivian. And I, I see normal being a hub and a niche for green technology companies and clean energy companies. And if you look at what the Biden administration has talked about prioritizing uh, in order to grow jobs in this country, 
uh, that's what their priority is. And I think if we're smart, uh, and I think we're very well positioned to take advantage uh, and really, again, see a great growth spurt uh, for Normal's future. Very good. I, I like I like that with Rivian because I, I like that you're thinking about, um, you know, the the what am I trying to say? The path the federal government is probably going to be taking and how we can kind of leverage that uh, locally. What are some other things? How can we leverage uh, Rivian in a way that can create more jobs and more economic development here here in uh, normal? Is it, um, you know, making those, those subsidiary businesses that are going to feed Rivian or is there other ways that, that, that you're thinking of? Yeah, I do think uh, subsidiary businesses uh, is one way. I, I think you're going to see Rivian grow their footprint uh, beyond uh, the uh, Mitsubishi plant. Uh, so I think you're going you're gonna to see some growth there. You know, part of my background is I served as district chief of staff for Congressman Ray LaHood for 10 years. And so I have excellent relationships, bipartisan relationships at the federal, state, and, and regional levels. And I actually believe um, if you're elected to the Normal Town Council, you should be a proactive ambassador for the community and go out and, and work with the Economic Development Council and work with the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, be a part of the leadership team that goes and and attracts these new companies to our area. So you mentioned infrastructure, especially you said specific to the older neighborhoods in Normal. Um, and I think that's, I'm, I'm from Bloomington uh, to give you that feedback. And then Jeremy lives in Normal. Um, but when I look at from, from a Bloomington night, uh, when I look over at a Normal, I see um, some infrastructure that I think is attractive, but of course I'm thinking of some of the bigger areas, right? Like, like uptown normal where that's relatively new um, shops at college Hills, those areas. So um, it, do you think we're that normal is spending uh, the priorities on spending an infrastructure need to change uh, to focus more on those older neighborhoods or is it, is more money needed in infrastructure in general and taken from somewhere else? Yeah, so I want to be clear. I'm a big fan of Uptown. Uh, I live a few walking blocks from it. And I think the urban renewal that's happened in Normal uh, is impressive. And the the leadership of the community deserves a lot of credit for that. You know, I heard a story from Kyle Hamm, who used to be the head of economic development uh, in Bloomington Normal, that when Rivian was looking to try to decide where they were gonna locate, their leadership team came and spent a couple nights in, in Uptown at one of the hotels, and they really soaked in the atmosphere of the community. And it was, it was a factor in them deciding you know, to come here. So all of these things are interconnected. And uh, Uptown uh, has greatly enhanced the quality of life uh, for people in our community. I absolutely would like to continue to see that that progress. Again, I think this is a balancing act. And uh, I, I just think we could invest more money in infrastructure overall. And uh, because I live in a historic neighborhood, uh, I'm going to, you know, one of my priorities is, is to look out after the older neighborhoods. 
but I'm also going to care about the whole whole community uh, when it comes to to infrastructure. Uh, but we're all, you know, where we live uh, makes a difference. Yeah, I've heard that uh, about Rivian as well, being in Uptown. I think that's a cool, um, cool story that I, I want to be able to tell more. Right? Is that Uptown was such a, a factor for them coming here? I think that's a that's a cool story to tell people. And then again, being from Bloomington, that's what I try to push with downtown is we could make that same thing um, and downtown in downtown Bloomington. So, Jeremy, did you have something to throw in? Yeah, yeah. I'm just proud listening to you here. Um, I, I appreciate. Uh, the, the approach you're taking. I just want to help kind of our listeners who are, might be asking, you know, trying to understand your thinking a little bit um, when it comes to infrastructure. And, and one of the topics that kind of hits all these categories you've said is um, some of the recent decision-making around, uh, do we put money towards that water water uh, extension going out to Rivian to, to help that area? And as you're probably aware, you're hearing other residents saying, well, no, we have water issues on the east side or older neighborhoods, you know, the, the pictures run around there on Facebook of rusty water or, or, or whatnot. So what's your thinking? I mean, there's only so many dollars here, right? What What's your thinking when it comes to how do you prioritize? Do we fix what we have? Do we invest in new? Do we go completely new to attract businesses? What? How does that all come in the mix if, if those sort of decisions are in front of you? Yeah, Jeremy. Again, I I think that it, it's a balancing act, and and it's uh, using your best judgment. I would say if uh, there is um, a clear pathway for Rivian uh, to be able to expand, if they get some additional water resources, uh, that that should be a priority for the community. Because what's going to end up happening is if that happens and more people are hired and more, I even think about our local labor uh, construction trades, uh, they're the ones that did most of the work in getting that plant uh, up to the standards that it needed to be. This creates a lot of economic activity. And when there's a lot of economic activity, then people buy homes, uh, they, they come into the community. And then voila, you have more uh, resources coming into the community that can then be used uh, to help uh, enhance uh, our, our infrastructure needs. So I think these things are, are, are all connected together. You know, I, I do think it was interesting this year, um, we went through a pandemic year in 2020 and the professional staff at the town of Normal uh, there was three and a half million dollars in lost revenue from what was projected, but the professional staff in the town of Normal made eight million dollars in cuts. So we ended up having over a four million dollar surplus uh, in the town of Normal during the 2020 pandemic year. I would wager there's hardly any other community in Illinois that had that kind of financial success. So there's there's ways there's ways to um, prioritize I think thoughtfully uh, in these different areas and um, I I do believe we have a a very talented professional staff uh, in the town of Normal uh, and uh, we're lucky staying. Uh close to uptown a little bit just because i'm i love that stuff um 
the conversation last two years ago, last municipal cycle, a lot of conversation involved the Uptown 2.0, right? The across the tracks. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a project that we should continue to expand on? Um, or the other, there, there's, there's like three rules of thought. I think one, one group says uptown was a big mistake. We shouldn't have spent the money on it, which doesn't sound like you're in that, in that camp. Um, some people say uptown's great. It's wonderful, but let's stop and let, you know, some private development start to happen there without so much, uh, public public investment and then others who say that we need to make more public investment there on the other side of the tracks to help keep this uh keep the flow going keep the keep the train running so what's your what's your thoughts on that well again we just went through a, a tough budget year and and the 2021 budget year is looking pretty tight as well we're not quite sure when we're going to finally turn the corner on the pandemic so we we have to be thoughtful, you know, uh, as we move forward. Um, I, I think um, Uptown 2.0 has some exciting new potential, but I think, and we do have a, a large federal grant that's been given to that project. I think it's $13 million. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to act like I do. Um, I don't know whether we're going to be able to put together the developer, private developers that are interested uh, in making all of that, uh, that happen. I think if we could, you know, they did extend the uh, TIF for 12 years. Uh, I think the Uptown TIF, I think that was, done in a thoughtful way because they went to all the affected taxing bodies and got their approval, their, their sign off. Um, so if that project can move forward using some of the economic development tools that are already in place and private development money coming forward, then I think it's something to uh, move forward with. Uh, should the town of Normal itself uh, raise property taxes or sales taxes in order to um, enable Uptown 2.0 to move forward? I would say no to that. I, th I think the largest, and, and um, Jeremy might be able to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the largest uh, part that the town would play uh, would be possible library um, relocation, right? Because uh, the town of Normal has said their library has needed a, an expansion or a larger area for some time, especially parking and those types of you know accessibility issues. So they were looking at moving that on the other side of the tracks, and hopefully that development would help spur some private investment around a new library. Um, do you think? And I know again, I know you know without diving into budget stuff, but as an overall philosophy, is that a good way to look at it? Where a where a public um, service such as a library could spur some private investment over there? Yeah, when I've looked at that project, uh, and, and the exciting thing about the the library component of it is that they're they're really wanting to make the new library more of like a community center for the town of Normal with all kinds of meeting space for citizens and for organizations and for groups and, and, and really make that a, a great facility. You know, I just would have to look at, you know, analyze the numbers pretty carefully. You know, I know that 
the normal public library gets a percentage of the property taxes, you know, they come into the community. Is, is part of that set aside for capital or is that just to pay for the annual operations of the, of the library? Those are some of the things that you'd have to look at again to, to see if, if you can come up with a financial package that makes sense, uh, you know, to, to make it move forward. Hey, Brad, staying on the other side of the tracks back on the circle there, there's been a lot of talk and conversation about some of the buildings there over the last couple of years, everything from the proposed new building going in and, and obviously the talk around the mural and, and uh, the fate of that, but then also the talk of the existing building and the, the vacant uh, first floor and what we should be doing uh, if we're taking the right approach or not. What are your thoughts on, on those buildings more closer to the circle? Yeah, that, that empty spot on the circle has driven me nuts for, you know, I, I walk that uh, block every almost every day. I go down normal, walk the quad, walk uptown, around the circle, go over to Constitution Trail. And the fact that that's been empty for as long as it has uh, drives me nuts. Um, so uh, I would... Again, I have some ideas on, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a Hopcats. A Hopcats is a really neat upscale craft brewery restaurant bar that is in college towns. Uh, and uh, they're in Ann Arbor, uh, they're in Madison, uh, and they're out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, but I, I can see because I've been to Hopcat locations, they have a hundred craft beers. They really do a, do a cool job of decorating the inside of it, but it would be something that would be appealing to both the college students and the people that live in the community. And um, I just don't think that they've been proactive and aggressive enough in filling that spot. And I would like to be a part of the leadership team that would look at uh, creative ways to fill that spot. Um, my understanding as far as Trails East goes, which is the project that I do, my understanding is it is gonna move forward this year, even yet this spring, um, that 85% of, um, of that project has been committed in, in, in leases. Um, and so I, I do believe that Trails East is uh, is going to move forward. I, do you, going back to the question of um, the sacrifice, and I, I, I'm careful using the word historic, so I'm going to say use the word old because I think there is a difference. Um, sacrificing some of the older buildings uh, for that newer development in the more historic part of town. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, you know, I I live in a historic neighborhood, so I, you know, I have a heart uh, for history, but I think the way that they've developed uptown has been very tasteful. And, uh, and I, I think that the design of like the new Trails East building is really well done. And so um, I don't, I think that would be uh, a good project to move forward. Um, and, uh, you know, again, when, when I went to Illinois Wesleyan, and I'm not going to tell you how long ago it was, um, 
that whole part of normal was a real eyesore. I mean, and, and I mean, it, it really is an impressive urban renewal project, like I've said before, and we miss, you know, being, being able to walk down to the festivals uh, and hear the live music and eat the not so healthy food um, and, uh, you know, have a few drinks. And so uh, I'm really hoping by this summer uh, we can get back to that. Very good. All right. Well, Brad, we are, uh, believe it or not, almost halfway through our podcast here. So we do like to do something halfway through where we kind of play a little rapid fire game with you. And this is Jeremy's favorite. So I always let him do it. So I'm going to turn it over to him. So, so I'm just, just going to shout some topics at you, uh, real quick and, and give me kind of the first thing that pops into your mind. And, and we're looking for, you know, the one to two word, you know, no more than five words, sort of first thing that, that fires in your mind on these. So, uh, first one is uptown normal. Fantastic. Uh, next is Connect Transit. Essential. Next is Rivian. Uh, Normal's future. Next is Illinois State University. The heart of normal. Next is the sports complex. The new soccer sports complex. Mm-hmm. Huge economic engine. Next is uh, Urban Sprawl. Not a wise public policy. I I missed one, so Constitution Trail. A treasure in our community. And then the final one is Economic Development. Vitally important. All right. You you are very good at keeping those to one or two words. We've we've (laughs) had some... Yeah, we've had some candidates struggle with keeping those short. So you did a good job. And we might revisit some of those here in the second half of the podcast, give you time to expand on them. Um, but we've touched on this a little bit in the first half. And, I, I, I you know, we got to be we have to bring it up. And that's COVID and the pandemic uh, that we've all been dealing with over the last year or so. Um, just kind of want to get your thoughts on how you think the town of normal has handled uh, COVID and the pandemic up to this point uh, from the beginning back in, you know, March, April till today. And then any thoughts you have on how to help um, recover after hopefully COVID becomes part of our past. And when I say recover, I mean, not just uh, businesses, of course, but just individuals too, who may have lost jobs, um, been struggling through that time. What are some, what are some things that town of normal can do to help the the community as a whole? Uh, recover after COVID is behind us? I think it's been a mixed bag and I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I do think that the normal uh, tried to build public awareness education on the importance of wearing masks and, and social distancing. Um, you know, I'm not sure that uh, Illinois state university had a good plan of attack with the students coming back. And, uh, you know, it wasn't great when we were named one of the top worst (laughs) university towns in the country and and dealing with uh, COVID. Um, Two different times, right? Yeah, once and then about a month later, so. Yeah, so, uh, and, and I also think 
you know, I spoke out at one of the council meetings on this when they decided to double the gas tax during the middle of the pandemic. I was just uh, did not believe that was wise public policy. Um, I was in favor. In fact, I talked with a number of council members, you know, about this before the vote happened about um, trying to be constructive and proactive rather than penalize the bars and the restaurants. So uh, the idea of waiving the liquor license fee for 2021, uh, if they were following uh, the restrictions that were, that were in place at the time. Um, so I, I thought that was right. I would not have voted to uh, find uh, Joe's uh, pub uh, the way the council did this week. I know that wasn't an easy decision, but you know, I my heart really goes out to the local businesses and and the people that work uh, in these uh, local restaurants and bars. Uh, you know, one of our favorite places to go to is Medici, and and there's a really neat. Uh, waitress bartender there by the name of Chris. And, you know, I had a conversation with her about all her lost income uh, this year. And, um, you know, she's hanging in there. And, and now that things are opening back up a little bit, um, I'm hopeful that her life and, and the life of many others will, will improve. I do think that the emergency relief that is being negotiated in Congress right now, I think that's going to happen. And there is a restaurant bar component to that relief package that hasn't been a part of any of the previous relief packages. You know, the checks, the $1,400 checks, um, you know, coming directly to people uh, will, will help. Um, you know, there was a small business program that Normal had to try to bring some some relief to to local businesses. Uh, I just hope that the trends that we've seen this week continue where the, uh, the number of uh, people that have COVID and the hospitalizations are going down. Um, and I, and we need to get vaccinations ramped up big time. And, you know, I'm hoping by early summer, we're going to be, you know, really turning the corner uh, on uh, this pandemic. And I, and I do think that um, you're going to see a quick rebound. I think you're going to see a really quick rebound once COVID gets under control. And I think normal in particular is really well positioned, not only because of what's happening at R Rivian, but I think the quality of life in normal is attractive. Low crime, good education, skilled workforce. Um, there, there are a lot of elements in normal uh, that make our future very bright. And hopefully what it's gonna do is lift everybody's boat. Um, and, and that's what we should be our goal and our hope. Brad, I, I appreciate the outlook, and I, I share your view that I think that, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we're, we're trending in the better direction, get through this, especially as it gets warmer, people are able to get outside, we have vaccines in place. 
Um, but in the event that we do have to step back or there, you know, more mitigations, we go to an earlier phase. Um, I, I appreciate you mentioning the, the use of uh, some of the fees and, and fines, but both the stick and carrot approach of incenting, incenting the businesses that are, that are uh, taking the safety precautions and, and sounds like you would not use the liquor commission or, or some of those for penalties. Um, do you think that there's a, a spot for the town to use the power of government um, to interject there? I mean, ranging on, we've, we've heard about some uh, comments or, or people saying that the police are going to different uh, facilities, writing up reports that they should or shouldn't be doing that. Um, and, and not just using the fine or the liquor commission, but using other um, aspects of government. Is there a role should should normal be involved in that space or should, should some say sit out and let the, the health department do it or what, what's your views? Yeah, I'm not big on, on local regulations and, and I, I think that um, nobody has dealt with uh, a pandemic like this before. I mean, and I do think being in leadership during this time is very challenging, but also running a small local business and trying to survive and, and, and stay alive is, 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 is very challenging. So I just think you have to be really careful uh, and thoughtful and I think empathetic um, all the way around. I think there needs to be a lot of empathy because it's, it, it's just a very challenging time. And I think if we can think of the carrot approach, the positive approach to say, if you, if you follow the rules and, you know, uh, abide by the restrictions, we're going to reward you. And rather than the, the penalty consequence approach. Um, but, you know, I know people agree or disagree on this stuff and, you know, that that's part of politics. And, um, you know, I, I consider myself an independent new perspective. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm going to view everything thoughtfully, try to do my research, try to listen to people, uh, but I, I'm not sure I'm going. If I get elected, I'm going to be the most predictable, normal town council member. That's fair. It might be a good thing. <laughs> Wait, uh, talking about the current normal town council, um, give us some insight on a few of the things that you think they have done really well over the last two to four years. I'll say. And then uh, the flip side of that, too, if you could think of a couple things that maybe you would have done differently or, or um, you think they shouldn't have done or, or give us some insight on that, too. Just kind of grade them for us over the last two to four years. Yeah, I'm a college professor, but I'm, I'm, I'm also getting involved in politics, so I'm not going to give a grade okay. uh, to, uh, <laughs> to, the, to the normal time council. But I will comment on this and I'm going to kind of include no, not only the leadership of the normal town council, but the, the leadership of the professional staff. You know, I do think they deserve a lot of credit for keeping us in a strong, healthy financial uh, position. We still have, you know, the best bond rating that you can have for uh, a community 
you know, rated very high on, on, on our financial health. Um, and I also think that uh, the town does a, a great job of um, the services, you know, that they provide uh, the citizens. And, and, you know, again, I think we have a very safe community that the police department and fire department uh, deserve credit for. I do believe, you know, as, as you, you walk around the neighborhoods and you talk to people like you did last fall, gathering signatures on petitions, I do think that there's a feeling that there's a lack of transparency uh, with the normal town, go town government. I also think that there's a belief that there's a little bit of inside favoritism for uh, certain, uh, you know, I, I, so I, I think, you know, I, one of the things I've been deeply involved with in my life is statewide ethics uh, and good government reform. Uh, I've been a part of a coalition that's tried to bring better ethics and redistricting reform and all those kinds of things. So I have a very, I'm very sensitive to ethical issues and concerns. I teach ethical leadership at Bradley University. So um, I think that, um, you know, that's, a, that's something that I can, I can bring to the, to the council. I think a lot of it to, to build back trust with citizens, it's, it's good communication, it's accessibility, it's transparency. Uh, and I think we could do a better job on that. Um, and uh, so I would, I would work towards improving that. What are some ways that you think the town can improve transparency to its residents? Um, is, uh, is there anything that they're not doing now that they should be, that you maybe see from Bloomington or, or Peoria or surrounding communities that, hey, that's a good idea. Maybe we can implement that uh, in normal to help improve that transparency? Yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, there probably could be more opportunities for uh, the town to open themselves up for public meetings, public input. Uh, I know the first few times that I tried to, of course, everything was different with the pandemic, but um, they, they haven't made it very easy for public input and comment um, in, in a lot of ways. I also think as an individual town council member, I, I will have the approach that anybody that wants a meeting with me gets a meeting with me. You're not gonna see me communicate with citizens on social media or um, you know, going back and forth on emails. I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet with people face to face and I'm gonna listen to them. And um, you know, we're not always gonna be on the same page and agree, but I just think people deserve to be treated with respect. And um, so uh, I, I, I just think that's an area that I, I see some ways that it can be improved. Brad, I want to stay on something you just said there, but just for our listeners, kind of editorial, when we were looking through your background, you were, you were very involved with the uh, independent maps process here in the state. 
previously, correct? Yes. So I wanted to make sure to give, give some context to some of what you were saying of previous involvement in, in redistricting and whatnot. Um, you, you mentioned specifically the transparency and the, um, the open meeting. Um, a lot of talk about that normal should change their rules. Um, it, right now, if, if listeners are aware that the basic ruling is it has to be you have to talk about something on the agenda, whereas in Bloomington, uh, it's more of an open uh, time frame. If you were to get on the council, would that be a vote that you would would change? Would you change more towards a Bloomington style or would you look for a different style or what's your thoughts there? Yeah, that, that's an excellent question, Jeremy. And Peoria similarly has more of the Bloomington more open mic for the public. And I would strongly favor that if if we could change the rules. Um, I think, again, uh, the people that are elected in the normal town council are there because of the, you know, the citizens and and this is their government uh and they're the ones that provide the resources uh so i would prefer to have more of an open public uh input uh for our meetings all right well brad we we got about seven to ten minutes left so i want to make sure we touch on a few uh of the uh topics that we know are going to be coming up between now and uh, the, the election. Um, one of them was a rapid fire thing that Jeremy threw at you, which was connect transit. Um, there has been some criticism on, from other normal town council members of connect transit and their board and how they react to routes and stops and those types of things. Do you have thoughts on how well connect transit has been running over the last several years um, and how they just recently over the last few months have gotten a new president um, uh, on the board, um, but he has been on the board for a while. So just general thoughts on Connect Transit, things they could do to improve how they've been doing over the past year or so. Yeah, I, I actually uh, met with the leadership at Connect Transit, took a tour there a month or so ago. Um, you know, I, I think that they have strong leadership and I think it's really important uh, for uh citizens in our community to have public transportation like Connect Transit. And I think they've tried to work uh, with both Bloomington and Normal on improving the routes uh, and um, the uh, pickup areas. And, um, you know, so, you know, I, I actually uh, am impressed with uh, Connect Transit uh, and their leadership. Um, and it, there, there's a lot of things that are good. I mean, the, you know, I went to the headquarters of Connect Transit and Ryan, who's their new board chair, you know, proud, uh, proudly said that that whole facility was debt free. Um, you know, I, I do think that they're trying their hardest to be responsible and, 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 uh, provide a, a very important, you know, service uh, to our citizens. Now, that's not to say everything's perfect. I, you know, <laughs> is, are, are, are there ways to improve things? Sure. Um, should the town of Normal uh, give more of their operational budget to connect transit? That's something that would have to be looked at really carefully 
so uh, you know but i um it's just easy to take shots at certain things you know sure as i walk you know in uptown you know sometimes you see only a couple people on the bus uh, on one of the huge buses but it depends on the time of day i mean the truth is you know early in the morning when people need to get to work or later in the day uh, when they need to get home from work uh, those buses are pretty full um so you, you can't um uh you can't buy buses uh you know without being thoughtful about what your true capacity needs are uh so very good yeah and i t i tend to agree with you and and um i think connect transit gets a lot of unfair criticism um especially when you consider things like you said the the facility being debt free the amount of state and federal grants that they've brought in uh to our community um i think they've been doing a pretty good job that's my personal opinion but uh, moving on to a few other things that were brought up economic development we talked a lot about uptown normal talk to us about other opportunities you see in economic development in other parts of normal uh besides uptown because uptown gets a lot of attention and i think uh some people who may just not visit uptown uh, that much think that they're getting left in the cold because we're so concentrated on uptown. So do you see other areas of improve, uh, uh, other areas of opportunity in normal and where are those and what are those? Yeah. You know, I think the area uh, uh, right around Rivian, uh, it has the potential to be kind of a new industry uh, park area. Uh, again, focused on the idea that, you know, we're going to try to attract green technology companies, clean energy companies, subsidiary companies of, of Rivian. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's an area of, uh, of possibility and opportunity. You know, somebody mentioned the sports complex. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how much money I've spent in my lifetime going to traveling soccer tournaments for my two sons, one who ended up playing college soccer, but both were outstanding soccer players. And the amount of money, I probably could have afforded a second home in Florida uh, with all the money I spent on uh, hotels and restaurants and everything. So I think that's going to be uh, something that's going to bring a lot of economic activity uh, into our community. Yeah, very good. I was going to say, I... Yeah, I, I can't let that one go past. I, I, I too have a freshman uh, freshman soccer player and really involved in it. And, and for full conflict uh, avoidance issues here for listeners, I'm really involved with the sports complex and, and Illinois Fire Juniors here locally. So um, I, I'm with you. The, the college education that could probably be paid for, but for travel and, uh, and, and hotels and all that, it, it's quite a bit of money that goes in the communities. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, no, I, I think we need to be open-minded. You know, I don't, um, I'm not in favor of urban sprawl. So I think we need to be, you know, thoughtful about development. But I think development can, can occur in a lot of places in our, uh, in our community. And, you know, there's still, there's some um, areas that uh, were hit hard, I think, in the pandemic around veterans, uh, 
you know, you see more empty uh, stores um, than before the pandemic. Uh, so, you know, it, Uptown is not, you know, in fact, Uptown is limited in, in true economic development because once Trails East goes up um, and then the, the development that's talked about in 2.0 is, you know, the public library, maybe some affordable housing, um, maybe a grocery store there, you know, maybe, but you're, you're talking about smaller things, um, you know, not the big economic development projects. Yeah. I agree. Well, we're coming up close to the end of time, uh, end of our time here today, but I want to make sure, Brad, we give our listeners an opportunity and give you an opportunity to tell our listeners where to find some more information about you. So if you want to uh, let us know your Facebook or any websites you have where they could direct them to, that'd be great. Yeah. So my Facebook page is real easy. It's Brad and then the number for normal. And then my website is Brad McMillan and you spell my last name, MCM. I-L-L-A-N dot nationbuilder.com. So uh, you can find my 10 positive priorities that I've laid out uh, for normal's uh, future there. Uh, it's a way that you can send me a message or, or contact me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would appreciate uh, you giving me consideration uh, for the April 6th election. Yeah, thank you for that. And the last thing we have to do, and we have to make sure we do it because without them, uh, none of these podcasts would be possible is thank our sponsor. Uh, Brad, have you heard of Little Beaver Brewery in Bloomington? Oh, I love Little Little Beaver Brewery. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they have been gracious enough to sponsor the entire election series for us. So uh, they're located at 5 Finance Drive. Uh, they're open 11 to 8 p.m. every single day. Have you been out and seen the new patio since they built that? I, I have not. I need to. Yeah. I. Uh, we always love sampling their their product. Uh, you know, they have it at the craft uh, beer festivals in Uptown, and and then you know they have they have a lot of their product you know around the community that we enjoy. So. Yeah, they make some unique craft brews, that's for sure. And uh, they just recently expanded. They have a huge outdoor patio. They added a kitchen, too. And uh, the food pictures I have seen on Facebook of the food look pretty darn good. So I'm going to make it a point actually this week to go actually try some of their food because it looks really good. So uh, be sure to when you go out there and visit them or you see any of the guys from Little Beaver, thank them for sponsoring us. We sure do appreciate it. And Brad, we appreciate you taking some time uh, on your weekend to talk to us. Yeah, it, it was great being with you guys. All right. Thanks so much, Brad, and best of luck to you. Thanks so much. All right. Have, have a good weekend, guys. Yeah.